Yo people, welcome to Conversations with Kenji. I'm Kenji Gori, professional footballer, mindset coach and founder of On The Ball. This podcast provides a platform for those in the football world to share their stories, perspectives and life on and off the pitch. Yo people and welcome back to Conversations with Kenji. Our guest today has such an inspirational story. He's a former professional footballer, having played in the Premier League and since retiring his focus is on spreading awareness for mental health. He's also a producer, writer, and entrepreneur. Welcome to the show, Marvin Sordell. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'd love to have you on here, man. Well, let's go back to how it all started for you, bro. Where <laughs> did it all start for you, man? Football. Yeah, football. How football. did it all start? Well, I was a kid, uh, what, six years old, I think, is, is the earliest I can think of football, playing football. And I went, um, obviously, played in school with friends and everyone. and one of my friends at the time played for a Sunday league team, like local one to, to where we lived. And I wanted to just play football. I wanted to be in the team or whatever. And, and so I went down for training one day with them and they said, no, we haven't got any positions, but you can, you can go and goal for the B team if you want. So I was like, yeah, great. I just, I just want to play football. I shouldn't, you know, be out there playing. And so I went in goal, did all right. And then, at the end, coach was, I think coach said to my manager, oh, we're not going to sign him, he's shit. He said, sorry, he said to my mum, the manager said to my mum, we're not going to sign him, he's shit. <laughs> and I was like, obviously six, I think I was six or seven, and I was just like broken. So I was like, what? Like, I, I, I didn't, I couldn't understand it. You know, that's my first experience of football. And um, so yeah, I, I, I had to pick me up from family and friends or whatever, and Went to another team and played in goal for that team because at that time I just thought, right, I must be goalkeeper then. So I went in, went in goal and stayed in goal until I was about 10, 11. But I got bored. Like my team, we were, they, were, they were quite good. So we used to win a lot of games and sometimes I literally wouldn't touch the ball for the whole game. Wow. And there'll be times when I'll be sat in goal and my mum would just bring me a book and I'd just sit down and read because I, I knew that the ball wasn't going to come anywhere near me. Mm-hmm. And at one point, you know, I, I kept saying I want to play up front because I was seeing these guys scoring goals, and I was like, I just want to score goals. I don't, I don't really want to. I don't want to play in goal. Didn't like getting muddy, um, <laughs> so I was just like, and I was just like, I want to score goals. And one day they just said, you know, we're winning. You can play up front for like the last like fifteen or whatever, and went up front and scored a hat trick. Did a madness. And then they, <laughs> and they were like, well, oh, you're maybe you should start playing up front then because. Obviously, you can score goals and you're you're quick or whatever, and you can shoot well with both feet and stuff. So, end up playing up front, and you know at this point as well, I'm, I'm getting more and more interested in football and thinking, right, I want to like this is this is what I want. I want this to be a career. I don't want to just this isn't just like I like playing football. I want to be a football player. And so I was watching football, studying the game, practicing every day, and got to like 13, and I got 13, 12, 13 around that age. Got scouted by Chelsea. Went on trial there, didn't get signed, and I thought, right, is this going to happen? Because you know, I'd seen at this time I'm seeing like loads of friends from Sunday League getting scouted for teams all over the country, and you know, they're more and more they're like the older players don't get scouted. It's just the young, like really, really young, like seven, eight, nine. By ten, it's like, oh, you're getting a bit old now to get scouted. And I was thinking, right, this is just slipping away here. Had another opportunity come up at Fulham. Went there on trial and got signed within two weeks, which was great. But then it was like, well, I have to start again now. I need to work hard so I can get another contract to take me to 16. So I was there until 16, see, trying to balance GCSEs and, and trying to get a scholar. You know, it's, it's, it's just, it, it's, that's a lot, I think. You know, that's one point. Even just stopping there to, to take a step back and think, like, that's a big, big time for any young player trying to make it in the game and having your GCSEs at the same time as trying to work towards a scholar is is not good. It's not it just it shouldn't happen that way. It should probably it should either happen before or after. You know what I mean? And because there's there's too much pressure on kids that age to dedicate their lives to football when who knows what's gonna happen in football and or you know, they have to basically pick at the time it's like almost have to pick education or football and you never know which is going to work out. But so for me, I mean, I, I, I was predicted very good grades in my GCSEs and, and 
fell short because my all my focus and energy was on football. That's all I ever thought about. And I did get my scholar at, at Fulham. So I was like, well, what I do now? Had I got three exit trials to basically make a career. Like that's it. You know, the exit trials. I don't know if you know, but it's all the players in the country that get released. Yeah. <laughs> went down, went down, and you get put into a team that's just selected on obviously position or whatever. You get put into a team where everybody's playing for their future. You know, you play. I think it was like three, three thirty-minute games in a day. That's it. Some players only went. Some some people only went to one exit trial that was close to them. You know, I went to all three, which obviously I was lucky. My mum took me there, but. Even so, you have you have uh, you, really, you really wanted it, right? You really you oh, really, that's it. That's that was like to go to three is like you know you really wanted it, and and like yeah. it must have been a must for you to like no, I want I want this so bad that I'm gonna go and because you you know like just it's so interesting you're saying this because you've experienced you know disappointed from six, you know from six <laughs> years old you experienced a disappointment in football, yeah. and and for me for example like from six years old, I just loved it. Mm. You know, like I loved it and it all, it all went really quick. Like I, I remember being at six, six years old, being, uh, playing locally. And mm. uh, my dad, I was speaking to my dad about this the other day. And it's actually one of the episodes on the podcast. And, and we spoke about like how it all started for me and it, how it all started was like, I was six, six years old and I had my first game, like playing locally. And there was a scout from city there straight away. And he said, Hey, <laughs> Come, come! I want, I want, I want your son. And my dad said, No, no, no. He's just saying it's his first game. Let him enjoy. And then you know how my mum was. My mum was like, No, why are you killing his dream already? And and stuff like that. And and it's just so interesting how you know your journey became like that, and and my journey was kind yeah. of just like you know I'm just enjoying it. So, yeah. You know, and it's and then it gets to a point of you know the scholarship, and I can really relate to that, like how much pressure that was, and and to to go back to that time was like my thought process was only football. Mm. Like, I was thinking, like, it, it was like, yeah, football, football for me was the only thing I knew, you know? Like, mm. that's what my happy place was. Like, being on the pitch, it was normal. I signed for United at, when I was eight and I was there for 10 years. Like, it was normal for to go mm. there, like, every day in the, like, normal to be around the yeah. lads. Like, and then when I got told that I wasn't going to get a new contract for you, it was not getting, a, not getting a scholarship. For me, it was under 18s. Like, it was like, oh, my days, what? What what the, what now? <laughs> but yeah, just to go back to back to that time, like you know, going to them ex- exit trials, like how was that for you then? Well, for me, like I I managed to. I mean, I only saw it as single swim, and I I just had fire in me at the time. You know, I I because I had to I I had to do it the hard way. You know what I mean? So from a young age, and I I wasn't really getting scouted or picked up and stuff, and. I went to all these different open trials and things like that. And I was just getting a step forward and then just getting knocked back. And it was like, I have to get better and I have to get better. I have to get better. I have to get better. Because that's, because it wasn't, because it didn't come easy, easy to me. I just had to keep practicing and had to keep grafting away. And when the exit trials came, you know, I looked around and in the change room, there's, you know, there's, there's guys here who, they don't just have the pressure on themselves, but their parents, you know, I didn't have pressure on me from my parents. I like, I just grew up with my mom and my sister and, my mom didn't care about football. She didn't even think that it was a real career. So she was just like, oh, he likes playing football. So I'm support him. Like, if he wants to do this, I'll, I'll say to him, you know, practice, work hard, and I'm, I'll support you. But it wasn't like, you need to make it, you need to do, you know, you know, criticizing all the time or critiquing or whatever. She just said, you know, keep working hard, keep your head up and, and just keep going. So I didn't have that. And I'm looking around, seeing kids who, they just, they, they look like they're going to be sick. And then obviously they're going out to perform and you got you got very little time to to for your career that's it you know what i mean when you, if you don't make if you don't get a scholar somewhere it's hard it's a it's a, it's a big big taking you getting a scholar is a big step forward it's, it's ginormous and so if you don't you know, get that you know, you know what's also so interesting is that when you go back to that time and, and the parents putting pressure on the kids you know mm. it starts from so young yeah like, it really I used does to see it with my little brother like on the side like so look at the parents, like, what the heck is going on here? Like, they're like shouting and swearing and that. And I'm yeah. thinking, these kids just want to go and enjoy that. Like, they're six, seven years old. They want to go and enjoy. Like, why are you putting so much pressure, you know, as they say, from, yeah. from so young now? And that, like, that's what, that's what coming back to me right now is the story. Like, 
thinking back to that time, see it, watching my little brother play and looking at yeah. like, let him just let them just enjoy, man. Like they're putting more pressure. You're getting more pressure from 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 the, your parents than the, with the actual coaches. Yeah, you know what I mean. And it's so interesting. But ha- and then so let's go back. So but let's go back to the to the the trials. Like what happened there then for you? So yeah, I mean, I thrived in under the pressure situation. You know, just mm-hmm. somehow, and and I did well. I scored quite a few goals. So I came out of that with quite a lot of interest. And you know, luckily for me. Um, that that was the case, and I went to Watford. I had a look at some other clubs. I spoke to quite a few different clubs, and went to Watford and trained with them for for a bit. And I was like, "Yeah, I definitely want to sign here. It just feels right." At the time, funny enough, the club the club obviously has come on a long way. The club obviously weren't what they are today. So there was a very clear path from the youth team to the first team, which is what one thing that I wanted to to look at. I wanted to be in the first team. I wanted to be in the first team quite young. That was my target. And for that, I needed to see that that it was a possible possibility. Watford were a selling club. They used their academy heavily in their first team. So, And they didn't have a reserve squad. It was young pros in the first team and the under-18s made up the reserve squad. So I thought, right, that's a clear path. Yeah, you know, there's, There aren't tons and tons of players in the way from, you know, used to his first team. If you do well, you're going to get progressed forward. So I thought, yeah, this is a great opportunity. And the coach at the time that I was working was my under-16 manager, Mark Warburton. And I was like, this guy, I, I trained with him, you know, once, twice. And I thought, this guy's just such a good coach. So I basically, I signed for Watford pretty much because of him, because yeah, he's such a good coach. And obviously, you know, you know as time goes on, he's, he's <laughs> gone on to be a great manager as well. Wow. That's powerful, man. It's so, so amazing. <laughs> But now you're at so now you're at um, now you're at Watford. Yeah. You know, so how did that progression go? Like now you you know you signed there. You're happy. You're you're you kind well, of you know it, it's kind of like you're you're in a place of like I did it. You know, mm-hmm. like you, you went through you went through a place of that. So how what was that process like for you? So for me, like being an under sixteen. So obviously I signed for Watford. I was still under sixteen when I signed for Watford. I was off my scholarship and I played quite a few games towards the end of that season for the under 18s like so I played so I went into Watford and trained a couple of times with the youth team and but obviously training every day with the six like every you know couple of days with the under 16s and I played a few games with the 16s and the under 18 manager just you know just really liked me and just stuck me in so I ended up playing quite a few games for the 18s I played um I literally played every position for them as well so I was playing left back. I played left back, right back, played um, out wide. I played, and then we played. I was I was a sub goalie once. So I, I played for the under sixteens. Um, our goalkeeper got injured when I was an under when, under sixteens there when we played Chelsea, and so I went in goal for the last you know half an hour or so and kept a clean sheet. Nice. And then the next week I was on the bench for the youth team as a goalkeeper. Yeah. <laughs> Which was obviously bizarre because that is I, the, you know, I, that's the maddest thing I've ever heard. That's, <laughs> yeah, what, that's was, actually the maddest thing I've ever heard. Genuinely, everyone in the changing room. So the the eighteens manager, I think it was on like a Tuesday or Wednesday or something, and um, the eighties manager came into the changing room, named the team numbers, obviously, <laughs> um, and said to me, uh, I think he said it was it was twelve or thirteen. I can't remember which one it was. And I looked around and I said, oh, where's, there, isn't, there isn't a 12 or if you're saying whatever. And I said, there isn't one. There isn't a number. And he said, yeah, the goalkeeper's shirt. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, oh, you're a sub goalie. <laughs> and <laughs> obviously all the boys are looking around like, what's going on here? <laughs> I was, oh, my and I didn't know what was going on. I didn't own gloves or anything like that. I wasn't a goalkeeper. I was a, I was a striker. <laughs> and so I've had to borrow the other goalkeeper's gloves. I did the goalkeeper's warm-up, everything. And I was like, what's going on? <laughs> Like, what's going on? He here? must have been hard that game the last 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I genuinely I was like, what, what's going on here? And I just sat on the bench the whole game. Obviously, I didn't come on. <laughs> but yeah, and, so, and so how were you? Yeah. How like just to go to that back to that feeling, right? But how how were you feeling back then? Because like for me, like I don't know what I would be thinking. Like how how were you feeling, bro? To be honest, at that time, it was just, it was just I felt so free. Mm. So I was just like, I'm just playing. 
Like I literally was just like, wherever I play, I'm just gonna play and just enjoy. I was enjoy- enjoying. It. I didn't think anything of it. So I played left back. We played a friendly, and I scored two goals from left back. I played right back in another game um, against Ipswich or something. I played um, out wide against Palace. I played um, last game of the season, and we played Charlton. I played centre midfield. Is this and is this is this uh, under 18? This was I was an under sixteen playing for the under eighteen. Right, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're still young as well. Like you're young, you're a young player in the eighteens, yeah. really. Yeah. Wow, that's big, man. That's good. So yeah, you're enjoying your football, you're doing it, and and you obviously your goal is to go and play in the first team. Yeah. So how was that process then for you after playing all them <laughs> all them positions? <laughs> well, the next year, like it was my see, I went in my first year and then the, the youth team manager changed. He he left and went to another club and had another another coach come in and my first year was horrible. So it went terribly. You know, the first thing that one of the coaches said is you need to nail down a position that you want to play. And I said, Why? I wanna I wanna learn and develop as much as possible. I wanna play like wherever I play, I see last season as an under 16 I played I played in this team and I played wherever I played in every position going do you know what I mean so mm-hmm. why should I have to pick a position now and and just stick to that position so I, I and then the day to day of the being in the change the change of environment is obviously very different when you get going from 16 to 18 to you know treat like a man as the first team mm-hmm. environment I just didn't enjoy it I just didn't get it I didn't get the change of environment and and so I didn't adapt well. So my first year was just horrible. I barely played for the youth team. I never played for reserves really. So it just didn't go well. And I just thought, well, this isn't going too good. And in the off season, I just thought, you know what, let me just, I've got one last crack here. So I'm just going to get as fit as I can, as strong as I can, and try to come back into preseason flying because clearly that's what they want. Mm-hmm. And I did. And then my second year was flying. You know, I got, um, I was in the first team squad a few times. Um, didn't get on the bench, unfortunately. But you know, I was in the, being in the first team squad is is at yeah, seventeen is, is unbelievable. Yeah. So, and he was playing regularly for the youth team and the reserves. And at the end of the season, got my pro as well. So, you know, the, that that year did a lot. Yeah, that's massive, man. That's really massive. Like, I'm just... Because, like, you know, like, from my first year as well, like, when I went first year scholar, like, at United, they, they were buying players. So they started to buy Adam Renuzai, Max Daly, yeah. Andres Pereira. Like, I was like, well, how am I going to play here? Like, you yeah. know, like, I'm thinking, like, I, I just want to play. And, and the first year, I literally didn't even play a game. Mm. Actually, just on the bench, like it was so, it was so tough. Like mm. I felt like, but I felt like that did make me stronger and realize that I've got to give it my all, regardless of what what what's happening and and what the coaches might be saying. You know, I still gave it my all, still still giving it my everything to it because you know I wanted I wanted it so bad. I can remember one time after a session, like I was just crying because it was all got too much. Like all the pressure of it all, like I was just crying, like. I just want to play, like, just give me the opportunity mm. to play. And then I even remember at one point, like, um, at one point I got my opportunity to play and I scored a goal and I didn't celebrate. <laughs> I was like, you know, when you're just angry and all that, all that frustration and the anger comes out. And I just remember being in the changing room and uh, Jim Ryan at the time, he says to me, he goes, uh, oh, well, you did, go, you did, you scored a goal, but you didn't do anything for the rest of the game. And, and, and like all the boys looked at me and was like, wow, like they, they saw like how he would, had it in for me sort of thing. Like he really yeah. had it in for me in that time. And I was just like, like it was actually so hard to deal with at that time. Like I didn't know, I didn't really know what to do. And I, I felt like I was so lucky to kind of have my dad there, like that supported me through that. Yeah where he was like there because he'd already experienced it all. He was a professional footballer himself, so he experienced it all. And I kind of knew it from his perspective that I could yeah. kind of help. He helped me so much in that time. It was like, you chose this, that like, this is what you wanted to do. Like yeah. even, from, even from, from, from young, every experience that I faced. So, so it was kind of like I, I, to hear, have his support through that was so massive. Like, did you also have anybody in your life that kind of supported you through that? It was just my mum mostly. I mean, she, she, like I said, like she, she never 
thought of the football industry as anything. She didn't. She was as inexperienced on the journey as, as I was at the time, and she just knew about people and how to treat people and how to understand emotion and, and my emotion. Obviously, I'm, I'm her son, so she understood. If I'm down, pick me up, help me, support me, and that was it. I mean, I think there were there were a lot I learned. There was a lot that I learned along my along my journey. Um, that was more so, you know, from a professional side of things. But as coming up, you know, I that that support was just there. So I didn't I didn't have to really to really worry too much and and. So I knew how I could develop as a player. My mom didn't need to help me coach coach me as a player or anything. But but yeah, no. From a support um, perspective, that was definitely there. Yeah, that's massive, man. That's massive. I do feel like that's it's it's a big thing in football. Massive, yeah. The, somebody that really is there for you at a certain mm. time in in your life, you know. But then it gets to a point, you know, in your career where you're playing and and you break into the first team. Mm. You know, and and it yeah. must have been like, how was that? How was how was that? How did you feel? So, yeah, I broke into the first team in. Well, I didn't actually break into the team, but I made my debut in my first year as a pro, um, and played a handful of games. I think I played. Th- so I played. I think I played three games. Um, I started one. I played. I I came off the bench twice. In the second, I think it was my second, even my second or third game, and I scored in a in a league cup game, and then I started the next game, and then I don't I don't remember playing again for quite a while, and then in in the January window, I asked to go on loan, so I wanted to get get some experience because at this point in time, I wasn't going to get games, I wasn't really getting on the bench, so I just said you know just just let me go out and let me play, it doesn't matter where it is, and I ended up going to Tranmere on loan, and it was a dreadful experience football football wise but it, it taught me so much so you know it was really a, a great experience because I went there I played eight games I think I scored once you know I, I was living on my own in a bed and breakfast above a restaurant you know I was just getting kicked all the time the football was different it was miserable it was cold it was rainy but mm-hmm. it, it just toughened me up a bit and I think the manager at the time saw that and when I came I came back so I went these are the days where you could go on loan for a couple of months and come yeah, back yeah, during yeah. the season yeah, yeah. so I went on loan from when I came back April and I think the, the manager and I came back into training and the manager was was like yeah this, you know he looks like he's he's grown mm. and um, I remember coming on one game we played QPR where I came on at half time you know, which you know, for, for an 18 year old that's, that's massive to come on at half time and then uh, I played, I think, the last game of the season. I came on and scored and thought, right, this has set me up quite well. I'm in the manager's mind. You know, I've, I've played, I've got a handful of games under my belt. He thinks, yeah, I can potentially do something here. And then preseason came and you know, I was flying. And, mm-hmm. But at the same point, the club, had, so the club had, at that point got rid of quite a few players and there was I think there were there was one senior striker at the time Danny Graham and mm-hmm. there were three of us as young pros strikers so I thought this is a massive opportunity here and I was I was I was flying in in pre-season that year and and uh the they were still trying to buy a striker at the time so they were trying to sign Troy trying to sign Troy Deeney and you know, they were getting bids rejected. This is from day one of preseason. And obviously, eventually signed the day of the first game of the season, which was a Friday night. We played Norwich. And then at that point, I played quite a few games in preseason. And I think the assistant manager was Sean Dyche. Malcolm, mm-hmm. The manager was Malcolm Mackay. And I think Sean, Sean Dyche had me in the youth team. He was my youth team manager and then was in the reserves as well. So I think he was just in Malky's ear, like, you know, give him a chance. He's done well preseason. Because I think it, they were going to throw Troy in the same day. Wow. They'd just, just give him a chance. And obviously, I started that game. I set one up for Danny Graham. Did all right. Um, and then I played another few. I think I scored once or twice in the League Cup. And was uh, played okay. And then Troy came in the team one game, actually. And that could have been me, like, out. Because you know, they obviously signed him for half a million pounds. And for the club at the time, that's a big, 
at the time that was a big amount of money for them. So I thought, right, this is this could literally be me out of the team now for the rest of the season, see nineteen or whatever. And that game, I come on and, and we were we were one nil down. I came on and scored two. And then I, I think the next four or five games I started and scored like I went on a, a I had a purple patch and that pretty much set me up for probably the rest of my career really because you know that season I was in and out of the team but I played um I think I played like 45 games and I was 19 and ended the season with 15 goals so you know for me that that season was like a massive massive breakthrough massive that is massive and it's like that that is so big and even as a as a like someone that is in the in the football world as well as I play myself it's like that is so that's that's massive bro as a 19 year old scoring so many goals playing so many games it's it's such a big it's such a big achievement and it's like did you also feel that achievement as well like did you feel like yeah like that that was amazing at that time just before we move further into this episode I want to ask you Do you feel like you are currently getting the most out of your life? Not just talking on the pitch here. I believe that life is all about growing in all areas. And to guide you in your growth, I've developed the On The Ball Mindset Planner. A planner to support athletes in finding out who they really are, beyond the pitch. This planner will get you thinking ahead while staying in the present. By its life assessments, daily goal settings and journal prompts and so much more. To get yours now, go to ontheballmindset.com. The content in this planner really did change my life. And my hope is that it changes yours too. Not really, no. I, I, I thought it was right. I thought it was good. But like, yeah. I didn't, again, like you don't, you don't realise how something is going or how something is until afterwards when you look back or you yeah. kind of take a step away. And I just think at the time I was like, I scored 15 goals and um, Danny Graham scored 27. And I was, I was like... Like, I've not really scored many goals. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that, that season was the most I'd scored, you know, throughout my whole career. That was my my highest um, goal tally. Mm. It's like, you know, 15 goals is a lot of goals. A lot of goals, bro. It's but, so, it's so, and, and it just shows the importance of not comparing yourself, right? Yeah. It just shows of the importance of in the football world that everybody's looking at other people and everybody's looking at everything else. But at the mm. end of the day, what, what you do yourself is is what matters the most, isn't it? And, like what? How, yeah. how? What do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, I, that's that's exactly it, and I I kick myself a lot because that season I thought, okay, I've done okay, but I've won one Young Player of the Month award. Didn't even win. I didn't win Young Player of the Season at my club. I didn't win. You know, I didn't win any. I didn't win any awards. I didn't get any recognition really. So mm-hmm. I thought maybe I, I haven't done so well. And because I didn't have that self-confidence at that time, it's like, well, if I'm not, if people are not telling me that, you know, you're great or whatever, then I was just like, maybe I'm, maybe I'm not. And you just, it's like so much self-doubt creeps in, you know what I mean? Yeah. And how did you manage all that doubt back then? You know, like when you're in that, <laughs> you're in that state, like how do you, how do you go, how do you, what do you do? I didn't, I didn't at all. And I think, you know, I went the next year, I scored, I scored 10 by January. And and then I I got moved to Bolton. I'd only been in the first team, actually wow. playing for a year and a half before I moved. Wow. And when I signed for Bolton, I was just about to turn twenty-one, so I was still very young. Yeah. And there was so much pressure on me at the time. See, the fee was was you know, obviously people look at it now and say it's a small fee, but three million pounds at the time was a was a big fee. Mm-hmm. So you know, I'm a kid. I'm coming into the team. The team's in the relegation zone. It's a lot of pressure. I'm only, I was only signing in January as well, in the yeah, whole window. They're looking for you to score the goals and to save them and yeah. to be the saviour of yeah. the team. You know, yeah. That must have been come with so much pressure and expectation. It's like yeah. the expectation of, of, of doing it and the expectation of it. And how was that for you, bro? Yeah, I found it difficult to manage because I, didn't, I hadn't come from that sort of environment before. You know, I was at Watford, it wasn't that environment. You know, it was... As I said, Watford were a much smaller club than they are today. So it was surviving a league, bring academy players through, sell one or two players to keep afloat, continue. That, that's what Watford were, just surviving the championship. And that was, that was great, you know, because I could just play, I could enjoy myself. I'd have good games, I'd have bad games, I'd have in different games. Yeah. You know, it was, it was just, you know, very continuous in that sense. And 
all of a sudden like going to a pre- um, environment where you're playing you know the the most the biggest league in the world and there's a lot of eyes on you there's a lot of pressure and i i didn't even know what hit me at the time because i didn't know what to expect and i just thought it'd be the same as it was at watford because mm. as a pro that's all i'd known as a football player that's all i'd known so I found it very difficult and you know, I was only, I think I was at Bolton for a year and a half in total or two, maybe like actually at the club before I, I went on loan and it just didn't go well. And I really, I really struggled and, and when I struggled then, you know, at this point in time, I, I'm, because I'm struggling with confidence and like, there's so much self-doubt and my ego is just getting bigger just to protect myself mm. and egos, egos, ego is a bad thing. You know what I mean? And outwardly, I'm, you know, putting in this mark saying, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. You know, I don't care, whatever, I'm not bothered. And inside, it's, it's, it's kind of me deep that I'm not playing, that I'm getting called these things and people are saying these things about me. People are saying that I'm not good or, you know, I'm wasting money or this and that and, and I'm not doing well. It cuts you deep, you know what I mean? And when you're not playing as well, when you haven't got the opportunity to perform and prove people wrong, then it's like, my hands are tied and I'm, I'm just getting beat. Yeah, it's massive that like even when you're speaking there, like I can relate to so many players that that you know hide hide this hide the things just like you say like the like the ego comes in and it's like I'm not even bothered anyway, bro. Like yeah. I'm not really asked like that. That's, yeah. I hear that word so many times in the change yeah. room, especially. It's like nah, I'm not really asked, bro. You know, like things are good, everything's fine, yeah. and it's like and it's like yeah, yeah, you're actually going against what you're actually feeling. Yeah. You know, so what would you advise somebody that is going through that, you know, making that move, feeling good? Like, what, what would you advise them? And then suddenly getting it broken, getting spoke about bad in, in the news and mm. stuff. Like, what would you advise them to do? It's hard because you've got you to expose your vulnerabilities. You have, to, you have to let people in and you have to let people see how you feel, you know, and, and you, you know, I've, been in, I've been that person in the changing room. I was like, oh, I'm not bothered. I don't care that I'm not playing, whatever. And deep down, you're like, I want to. Be, I just want to play. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's 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 just about ego. That's the only thing that stops us from from saying that. You know, I I'm not I'm not okay with this. You know what I mean? I, I don't feel okay. I'm not happy. You know what I mean? It's only our ego that stops us from from really allowing people to see who we really are and, and how we really feel. So mm-hmm. it's difficult. I think you have to get to a point where you're you're you, you're that self assured that it, it's not going to knock you. Yeah. You know, because it, being vulnerable, you're you're leaving people to to attack you. Of course, you know what I mean. If your if your ego's out there, then people aren't going to attack you because you're basically attacking. You know what I mean. Yeah. Whereas if you if you're vulnerable and you're just open, you you leave yourself out for attack. So you have to be that. You have to get to you have to get yourself to a point where you're that self assured and you're that confident in in who you really are, truly yes. deep down, Massive. that you can you can you know, let the rest of the world in. It's so, it, that like, you couldn't have said it any better. Like, I feel like in this football world, like you put, you know, you, people aren't really truly who they are, right? And it's yeah. like, they're, they're one person in the football ground, they're another person at home, they're another person with their children, you know? And it's like, it's, it's so important to be consistent with who you are and also know yourself of who you are. Mm. Like, I, I've seen that so much, like where even going down to my business of what I'm doing right now, it's like, at the start of it was like, oh, what is this guy going to think? And what is this person going to think? Yeah. And what is, who, are they going to judge me? And, and, that, and as soon as I started to, you know, figure out who I really was and who I am at the core, you know, pe- people's opinions and, and stuff like that on me does started to fade away a little bit because it's like, mm. you know, it's like, it's like at the end of the day, everybody's going to have an opinion on you. But that's not yeah. going to change. That's not going to change who I am. Sure. You know, this is who I am. You either like me or you don't. But it's okay if you don't like me, and it's okay if you like me. You know, sure. so so it's kind of it's kind of that's what I've kind of come to the conclusion of where where. But then when you go back to that to that moment, it's hard. It's hard to 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 when you're in that place to actually think like, what is it that what is it what is holding me back from being who I really am? Like, why am I doing this? You know, it's hard to kind of get yourself out of it when you are feeling it, right? So, so how did how how do you get yourself out of it? How do you feel like you can get yourself out of it? 
I mean, for me, a big thing was was self development, and you know, just just trying to understand who I was and better myself as a human being, really first and foremost. And you know, I looked at not just you know, I read a lot anyway during that that period of time, but I also tried a lot of different things in terms of in terms of creative outlets. So I, I wrote a lot. You know, I, I was playing piano. I was trying to learn to play, um, trying to learn languages, and I was learning to fly. I was cooking a lot so I wanted to to figure out who I really was beyond just playing football just a footballer because up to that point in life it was like oh yeah you're Marvin the footballer mm. and the first thing that everybody would always ask is how's football instead of how are you yeah. and I really wanted to create a true identity of of me you know who 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 was I because I was at the whole time it was it was I'm a footballer but I'm not me. I'm not myself. You know what I mean? My personality isn't a thing. It's just like, yeah, that's on the side. And so I wanted to do everything I could to, to either create that or find it. You know, I, I was just in, obsessed with thinking, right, who am I? My, what's my real identity? And because of that, it made me just look inwards and, and see then grow from there, really. Yeah. So, yeah, you couldn't have said it any better. Like, even even for, for how you how you say you handled it, it's like it is it is that going inside of yourself. You know, whatever's going inside is going to project on the outside. So it's it is so important to look inside and and see how you really feel and what else you love. Like we're way more than just footballers. Mm. Like when someone looks at you, Marvin, it's like no, you're not just a footballer. You're a pilot. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm. You're a pilot. Like why can't you be? Like yeah, who's, exactly. who's to say that you can't be? And it's just so now now like. I find it so inspiring that you're actually coming out and spreading this awareness of all Thanks. of it. And because and, it's so important, right? It's so mm. important that people do live to who they are and do live to, to you know, whatever, whatever you want to go and do in life, go and do mm. it. Like, don't, don't let other people's Literally, opinions yeah. and, and stuff like that hold you back from you living your true self. But, but just, to, just to go back to... to 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 what you're doing and the influence that you're having on people and stuff like that. Like how why why are you so passionate about that? Um because I felt it. I felt it. I felt that low. And you know, it's 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 not it's not a great place to be. And you know, at times I have questioned why why I question why I do this even. You know, as you ask the question, I ask myself, it's like why why do you just keep talking about mental health inspiring people in your story why do you keep doing it like does it ever get old like do i at times i i still question myself and it's like do people even want to still hear this mm. but oh, often i get people who, who message me even today so I, even the the post i did about the um the conversation about mental health with prince yeah. william i had someone um dm me and say you know i've been following what you've been doing and stuff for, for quite a while now and and you've enabled me to be able to speak about my mental health. And that, that is the reason why I do this because it, it's, it makes it easier for people. Like the more people that speak and I obviously encourage more and more, not just myself, I want more people to be able to just be, be at one with themselves. Cause that's mm -hmm. it. It's, everyone talks about mental health as some big, scary thing. And it's, it's not even just, it's not even that it's just, it, this is us. We're just sharing our stories, our journeys and, who we are and our emotions, our emotional spectrum can fluctuate, which is completely normal. It's and it's so just about being, just accepting it, accepting it for what it is and understanding it and sharing it because it will help other people in, in, in that sense. So that's, that's literally why I do it because I know I don't want people to go through that. So I'm sharing my experiences. So it makes it easier for someone. Now I share my experience of my whole story from you know where I was before during and where I am now mm -hmm. and so somebody might be you know on the way into that and they might see what I'm saying and say you know what maybe I should talk to someone or during it's like I can't see a way out of this and it's like no there's a way out of it trust me just mm -hmm. mean even when you don't even you have no idea where you're going I had no idea where I was going for so for so long and yet I never I never at any point thought speaking about who I am is going to be something that people are motivated by or inspired by just wow. genuinely just telling the experience I've lived 
people say that's inspiring. That's crazy to me. And yet, that's it. It really is, Marvin, and it really is inspiring. Like, I've got goosebumps you just speaking about. <laughs> like, I really do. And it's like, it, it, it's, it's really inspiring because people are facing these things. Marvin, like people are yeah. going through these things right now. There's probably listeners on here listening to what they can take out of something where they're struggling in their life. Yeah. So it is so important to speak out if you are feeling a certain type of way or if you have experienced something like any footballer out there experiencing something in their life, go and share what you experienced to help others go through the same thing that, that they're going through. Because like you said, there's no better feeling of you getting a message of someone like, thank you for that. And thank you for sharing that because I've actually now come out. You yeah, know? That's, and it's, I mean, that's, that's, what, that's what makes it. It makes it amazing, bro. And it gives me goosebumps you even saying that. And, and also a big thing is like the, the, the thing of mental health, right? When even you hear, you hear it, you're like feeling a certain type of way about mm. it. When actually it should just be like, normal like it's, it's not even, <laughs> like you speak like how you explain mental health is like that yeah everybody experienced disappointment everyone experienced something exactly that and Some it's like just feel it harder you, and, you, and for longer yeah and but when you say the word mental health with the words mental health it's like ugh. Yeah. straight away it's like a it's like a um resistance towards it it's like that resistance and it yeah. should just be a thing that we can can speak about it should be a conversation that we can speak about Literally, it's because it's so normal. You know, I, I did a, a talk um, at West Ham quite like at the beginning of the season. And I went and said, I, f- I finished my talk by saying that anybody can, everybody looks at mental health as the extreme. So they'd see mental health as, you know, depression, suicide, mm-hmm. all these, you know, just the really, really deep, the real depths of, of mental health. You say mental health isn't, a place or destination mental health is is a range mm. physical health is exactly the same when we talk about physical health we don't just talk about obesity cancer diabetes mm. we talk about everything in between every every single thing in between and you could be here and you can get here and you can get here and you can go there you, you can be anywhere and, and you can you know it fluctuates mental health is exactly the same it fluctuates you're going to have days where you're feeling on top of the world and then you're going to have other days when you're feeling suicidal Mm. but that doesn't mean you have to stay at either place it doesn't mean you're going to stay at either place either so if you're at the top you still need to look after your stuff mm. if you're if you're an, if you're an extreme athlete and the top of physical health you're not just going to stop doing everything to look after your physical health you're not going to stop exercising stop eating well because you know you're going to start sliding down the, that, that scale nah, yeah. same way as a, when you're in a good place you don't just stop doing things that that make you better and happier in terms of your mental health because you're going to start sliding down that scale so that's this is simple it is literally as simple as that so true and and you know just to go down to that like suicidal like was there ever a time in your life that you thought you know what this is just too much now like yeah i don't know yeah i i mean i had an attempt in i think it was 2013 2013 and you know i, I was at that point where i thought this is too much. And depression for me at the time was just like, just, just, it just couldn't get away. I was just stuck. I just felt stuck in that place. And the attempts, I woke up the next day and I just carried on as normal. Went to training. At the time, I was just drinking every day. I'd go training, come home, and just drink for out like eight hours, nine hours, go to bed, wake up, same. And, you know, I wasn't speaking to anyone. You know, I was living with my wife now, who's, who was my, see girlfriend at the time and we were living together and I wasn't I was I wasn't sharing anything you know to I me mean? as that's what we do as men isn't it we don't share but then you don't share you don't share you bottle 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 it up and then at some point you just it just explodes and that was my point where I was just exploded but then I exploded in private so mm-hmm. no, nobody else is feeling that shattering effect or nobody else is seeing that they're just like see me as, as normal the next day you know ego on i'm not really bothered wherever i don't care that i'm not playing go back home when i'm drinking <laughs> do you know what i mean and that's what we do that's what we do as men that's what we do as football players we just keep it together because we think that we're supposed to but why 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 who's supposed to <laughs> nice bro that is it's just like i'm speechless to be fair because like <laughs> it's like 
I don't really know what to even say because like I've been, you know, you go through them stages of mm. like things when go so hard and then, you know, you go back and what do you go and do? You go and I gamble. I used to go and gamble. For yeah. example. That's, a big, gamble. that's a big one as well. Straight away after training, boom, straight to the casino. And I was mm. there hours. You know, after that you go home and I'm like, you know what, to be fair, I'm going back. And then I'll go back. And at the mm. time I was, I was like, this is normal. It's like a part mm. of my routine. It's part of my routine and it's normal. Like for you, it's mm. the drinking then. But for you to, you know, for you to actually attempt to take your life, you know, that's mm. really, it's really, it's really big. And like, like, I don't really, <laughs> like, I'm like speechless because it's yeah. like, it's, it is really, it's really, it's really big. And, and like how, because from the outside, you know, it looked, it looked so, it looked so amazing, right? You're in mm. the Premier League, everything's going well, you're playing well and, and everything's going like from the outside is going what what's what's wrong things what's wrong (laughs) and it's like and it's like on the inside you're not you're just feeling like crushed and you're Mm. feeling like all these emotions like going back to that place like i can't even imagine like how how you must have been feeling but it's what would you tell somebody that is feeling feeling that right now just let it out just have to, you just have to just, just release, let it out. You know, whatever way it comes out, just let it out. Whether it's, it's shouting, whether it's crying, whether it's talking, whether it's writing. For me, that was a big one for me was writing because I didn't, I didn't really cry at that time. I didn't shout. I didn't show any emotion. I just, but I eventually started writing and that was, that was everything. You know, it felt, I just felt lighter after doing it. It's like my emotions were just, just pouring out. And that's, that's what you have to do. You have to let these emotions out, whether it's, in any of those ways or another way that you know, you just have to let your emotions out because when you keep your emotions in too much, they, they control you and they can just get you in a stranglehold. Yeah. It's so true. It's so yeah. true. It's so important to let your emotions out. And also how, how important do you think it is to speak to people? Massive. You know, everybody, everybody has people that love them and that they love. And so, you know, you, you, I think if you ever imagined that somebody was going through a hard time, you'd say, why didn't you speak to me? And then, but yet you, you're probably in that position. You, know, you might be in that position and think, you know, I don't want to speak to anyone. But everyone, people care about you. People care about every, all of us. Everybody cares about, everybody is cared about mm-hmm. in some capacity. And so, and even if they're not, <laughs> there, there, is, there are so many places out there that you can go to be cared about, to be looked after, to be helped. You know, if you talk, you have to be, you know, it's not easy to just get in, to get into that place where you're ready to talk. You know, it, it can take time, but, you know, having these conversations are, are, are vital, you know, because before you know it, you might be slipping and, you know, you need to, you don't want to get to that place. No, to- totally, totally with you there, man. Like it's uh, like everybody loves you, right? The people around you love you. So, mm. They're gonna love you for who you are. If you're a footballer, if you're not a footballer, like yeah. that, the biggest thing that what my dad told me was was that he said, like for me to see you who you are now, it's got nothing to do with football. It's to I'm just proud that the person you are, mm. and that's just like and that's just like makes me like reinforces the fact of like that your parents are there, just want to see you do well. Like they just mm. want to see you happy, and it's not and it's not even to do what you have. It's not to do with the houses that you bought them or mm. anything like that that just comes with it you know it's nice it's a good feeling in that moment right but at the yeah. end of the day they just want to see you happy yeah exactly and that's 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 the reason why we share because you know again happiness love it's it's, it's all out there mm-hmm. and it's hard to see sometimes but it is and you have to just let people in no, I hear that fully, man. I hear that fully, man. And you know, the la- the last thing that I wanna that I wanna ask you is, with everything that you know now, right, and the person mm-hmm. that you are right now, what would you tell your younger self? I think the only thing that I would tell myself is to be myself in that sense, because I knew before when I first went into the football environment, I didn't like it, I didn't enjoy it, and and it wasn't it wasn't what I thought it was gonna be. And I didn't do well because I kept trying to understand, trying to, I, try, I kept trying to f- understand why I had to be different to fit in. And then eventually I got to a point where I was like, I have to fit in. I have to be, I have to put on this, this mask and then obviously this ego kind of gets built up and it builds and builds and builds and builds and builds. 
and it got to a point where I was like, well, who, who, who am I? Because the because the core's there, but I can't see the core anymore. So there's so much around it, and that that's that was the biggest problem for me. So I think if I if I could have been myself in t- in the sense that you know I'm I'm I question everything because I like to know. I'm quite strong in in my personality in terms of my putting my opinions across because. You know, I think I've got measured opinions, and I stand up for myself. You know what I mean? If if because I know I know what's and other other people as well because I think I know what the difference between right and wrong normally is. Mm-hmm. So that would be the biggest thing is is just to be yourself and don't worry about trying to fit in. No, I love that man. I love that for you, and also to just see you uh, being a pilot, being a poet. <laughs> You know, it's just like, it's it's just like things, yeah. yeah, that's who you are, bro. Like you're yeah. playing the piano and it's just like, like, don't stop your other things that you love to do. You know, like exactly. continue to like football is football, but figure out what else makes you happy and do more of that as well. Yeah. Like, like and that's, and that's what's so important. Like people placing their happiness in football and it's just like with the, all, all the ups and downs of what it brings that like, you're never going to be truly happy. Mm-hmm. So because your happiness is going to be full of ups and downs as well. So it's so important exactly. to, to find other things of, of what makes you happy and, and actually start doing more of that. But you know what, bro? I'm, I'm just so thankful for you to come on here and, and be no, thanks, with me. the listeners. And, and yeah, man, continue to do what you're doing. Keep inspiring. Keep sharing your story because mm-hmm. I'm definitely in on it. I'm watching you. I'm following you. So, yeah, man, be, inspired, be encouraged, man, because you're, you're helping so many people. Uh, with this right now so thank you so much for for coming on and for all you listeners out there make sure you you go and follow marvin sodell right now and (laughs) be along his journey because it's super inspiring and anybody that's going through a hard time what marvin said you know keep keep speaking to somebody that you can speak to because they love you they love you and and to, to let your emotions out and not keep it in Yo, it's Kenji. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And as always, I want to keep this conversation going. So please send me a DM on Instagram with any thoughts, takeaways and any questions.